came to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa She said, Ya Rasulullah, we bear the children of the men, of our husbands. We take care of raising them. We look after them. When our husbands go for the fight, the battlefield, we take care of the, the children. Yet it is our husbands who fight in the way of Allah, do jihad fi sabilillah. They get killed, they get martyred, and they get these higher ranks. How is that fair? So the women of Medina have requested me to come and speak to you. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa looked at them and he said, at his companions, he said, have you seen a woman so outspoken like her? They said, no, ya Rasulullah, she's very outspoken. The Prophet sallallahu looked at her and said, go back to the women and tell them. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa says that the work you are doing is not any less than what the men are doing in the battlefields. And your reward is not any less than what the men are gaining in the battlefields. Islam recognizes there are some differences, physiological differences, maybe psychological differences. And therefore, Islam gives different legislation. For example, with regards to jihad, fighting in the battlefield, that is not imposed and mandatory upon women, but it is imposed upon men. Just because men are the ones who go and fight in the battlefield, that does not make them any better than the women. That's the reality. And here is the hadith of Rasulullah looking at this, affirming this. With regards to the political matter, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala refers to mu'minat in Surah Al-Mumtahina. Ya ayyuhan nabi, إِذَا جَاءَكَ الْمُؤْمِنَاتُ يُبَايِعْنَكَ عَلَىٰ أَلَّا يُشْرِكْنَ بِاللَّهِ شَيْئًا When the female believers come to pledge their allegiance to you, that's a political matter. They're pledging the allegiance to Rasulullah And there are some conditions that the Qur'an lists. Tell them that they should look after Allah, fear Allah, and so on and so forth. There are some conditions, six conditions listed in the ayah. The last ayah of Surah Al-Mumtahana. On the day of Ghadir, when Allah, when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi introduced Amir al-Mu'mineen or announced that Imam Ali sallallahu alayhi is his official successor. Man kuntu mawlah fahada aliyun mawlah. The Muslims came and pledged their allegiance to Amir al-Mu'mineen sallallahu alayhi Then the women had to come. How did they pledge their allegiance? Just like they pledged their allegiance to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi. How did the women pledge their allegiance to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi? The Prophet brought a big bucket of water filled it with water, he put his hand on one end, the women came and put their hand on the other end of the bucket. And that was their pledge of allegiance to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa And that's how they pledged their allegiance to Amir al-Mu'mineen sallallahu alayhi So they are practicing, they are participating in the political process. So until this day and age, Islam does not stop women from participating in the political process. Islam from, the women from voting. Their economic values, their social values. A woman comes to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa And she says, Ya Rasulullah, my husband has rejected me. Al-Mujadila, Surah Al-Mujadila. He did dhihar. He basically said, you are haram to me like my mother is haram to me. 
The Prophet ﷺ ordered the man to come. And he immediately dealt with the situation. So the Prophet ﷺ dealt with the matter. The ayat of the Quran. Al-Muslimin wal-Muslimat. Wal-Mu'mineen wal-Mu'minat. To the end of the ayah. Allah addresses male and female believers. Therefore, from the Quranic context, from the history of Rasulullah and Amirul Mu'mineen they guaranteed the rights of women. And they accepted their testimony. A lady by the name of Suda bint Imara al-Hamdaniya. She was from the city of Hamdan in Yemen. When Muawiyah became the Khalifa, the people of Hamdan were very close allies to Imam Ali السلام, very close supporters. They supported him, especially in Safin. They were next to him. When Muawiyah came, he poured his wrath against them. He seized all their land. Muawiyah poured his wrath against anyone who supported Imam Ali In Medina, for example, he tripled the taxes so you can buy rice in Medina, the cost of rice, well, though there wasn't rice, but qamh, wheat and barley. Al-qamh in Medina was triple the price than the qamh in Sham. Triple the price. He tried to impoverish them. So he fought against anyone because the people of Medina al-Ansar, most of them were with Imam Ali alayhi salam. Most of them. So he poured his wrath against all those who supported Kufa. He poured his wrath on them. He put Ziyad ibn Abi as their governor. Medina, he poured his wrath on them. He increased their taxes, impoverished them. Hamdan, Yemen, he seized their lands. So he poured his wrath, his anger against them. Why did they support Ali ibn Abi Talib? He seized the lands from the people of Hamdan. So Suda, this lady, a lady, gets up, travels all the way from Yemen to Sham, comes to see Muawiyah. She enters. Muawiyah looks at her and says, Suda, what brings you here? Weren't you the one standing next to Ali ibn Abi Talib on the day of Safin, reciting verses of poetry to encourage his army to fight against me and my army? She says, yes. And if time were to go back, I would do exactly the same thing I did. But unfortunately, Ali is gone. Times have changed. And put you in power, Ya Muawiyah. She says, what brings you here? He said, what brings you here? She says, you have seized my land. And the land of the people of Hamdan. I am here to reclaim that land. Give us back the land. He says, what? You have come to ask me to give you the land back? Get back, get out. And if you don't leave right now, I am going to force that they put you on a camel with no respect and no dignity and be taken all the way back to Hamdan in a disgraceful manner. Suda at that point cried and she recited a couple of verses of poetry. She praised Amirul Mu'mineen, Salamullahi alayhi. She recited two verses of poetry where she said that with the death of this great man, justice was also buried. When he was buried, justice was buried with him. 
She was among the first to say that justice was buried with Ali ibn Abi Talib, sallallahu alayhi She was among the first. Muawiyah, when he heard her, he said, Suda, who are you referring to? Is it Ali ibn Abi Talib? She said, who else? Who other than Ali ibn Abi Talib? She said, I came to Ali ibn Abi Talib one day. From Yemen, I came to Kufa. I arrived at Masjid al-Kufa. Ali was about to start Salat al-Jama'ah. Salamullahi alayhi. Imam Ali was about to begin Salat al-Jama'ah. When I called him, I said, Ya Amir al-Mu'mineen. He left. He stopped. He didn't start the Salat. He came. He attended to me. He said, what would you like? What do you want? What's the problem? She said, Ya Amir al-Mu'mineen, the governor you have imposed on us, you put us in, on us in Yemen, he is not treating us fairly. She said, when I told him this, Imam Ali cried. And he turned to Allah and said, Ya Rab, do not hold me responsible for what he is doing. I ordered them to treat people with respect, with fairness, with justice. This is not what I told them to do. He is asking Allah for forgiveness. Then he took a piece of what we call today paper. He had a piece of leather in his pocket. He took it out and he wrote a letter on it. Like a piece of paper and a pen. He wrote a letter on it. Where he said, the minute that you receive this message of mine, you are dismissed from your post. And, and someone else is going to come and take over from you. He closed the letter, he gave it to me, and he said, Suda, go back and take this letter to him. He says, that's how Ali ibn Abi Talib dealt with the situation. And look at the difference between you and him. I come to you and I tell you, your governor in Yemen is stealing our lands. And you're telling me this is how I'm going to treat you and send you back disgracefully. Look at the difference between you and Ali ibn Abi Talib. Ali ibn Abi Talib, listen to me. He gave me dignity, respect. And then Imam Ali went back to the Salat. You see? Imam Ali السلام, did not tell her, you're a woman. What brings you here? Go back. Not at all. With utmost dignity, with utmost respect, listens to her complain, answers, deals with the situation, and then sends her back. When Muawiyah heard this, he says, okay. Suda, okay. I'm going to give you your land back. I'll give you your land. He says to his writer, he says, right, please make a note that Suda bint Imar al-Hamdaniya gets her land back. She looks at him and she says, Muawiyah, I didn't come here just to claim my land. I am here to claim everyone's land. Tell your writer to write, all the lands are back. He looked at her with anger. He says, Ali ibn Abi Talib made you guys in such manner that you can talk because he was so fair, he was so just. He would not punish you. He would not harm you. So you guys became outspoken. She said, Muawiyah, write. He turns to his writer. He says, okay, khalas. Give her all the land. She takes that land, she takes that paper, and she gets out. That's Suda bit Imar al-Hamda. That's one example. 
This is how Ahlul Bayt السلام, this is how the Prophet Amirul Mu'mineen dealt with women. In the political process, in the financial process, looking after the welfare of the women. They came to Imam Ali السلام, they said, there is a lady who is working, she takes care of preparing the brides when they get married. The brides, she's the one who, it's like today what we call the salon. The hair salon. Back in those days, she was the one. He says, La Ba's. He says, No problem. What's wrong with that? That's fine. She can do that. So, when we talk about equal opportunities, when we talk about in social matters, in political matters, in economic matters, Islam is full of such examples.